Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by Bonnie, Leah, and Eden talking about our one cool African girl, Gal. Girl, gal, gal, gal. gal Either girl. one. <laughs> they are some mature ladies so far. <laughs> Gals, is, girls, it all works. Yes, it does. <laughs> all right. And I'm going to paint some imagery for you guys. I want you to think about the, what is it called? Inglorious Bastards movie. Okay. Yes. And you know Brad Pitt in that. Yes. Nazis. Yes. Right. Nazis? And then okay. when he tried to speak French. Right. That's me pronouncing anything I'm unfamiliar <laughs> with. It doesn't matter if it's English, right. if it's a foreign language. It's so just going completely wrong on any gotcha. kind of pronunciation. So I, I just had to put it up there. Gotcha. Actually, Josh was reading something that apparently there's an auditory form of dyslexia. Oh. And he was reading all the different parts of it. And I was like, I think that's me. <laughs> that's oh, what wow. I know. Huh. I, I don't know what any of the words and songs I are. I out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do the porky pig thing where I'll switch a word halfway through. Right. It happens. Oh, yeah. Mm. I've done it many a time. <laughs> I do it set all the time. But I think I got this. Yes. Because I want to do justice to these incredible <laughs> women. Right. Exactly. Okay. All right. Got this. Bonnie already talked about Wangari Maitai. Ma- Maitai. <laughs> I think you got it. There you go. Okay. There you go. Bonnie says you we're, got it. it. We're accepting it. We're accepting it. <laughs> Survey says? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Eden already talked about Queen Nzinga. There you go. Yeah. Yep. But before we dive back in, let's get to know something random about our gal pals. Sweet. Yes. I would like to know, what do you guys think of when you hear the word Africa? Okay. And we all turn to Eden. Um, <laughs> she's like, I got this. I got this. Okay. So um, when I think of Africa, I always think of Egyptian antiquities. I do too. And then I, I try to like force myself to be like, no, that is one small little part of it. True. But here's why. Yeah. Yeah. There's two reasons why. One, because I my mother loves Egyptian um antiquity uh Mm -hmm. images the jewels the Mm -hmm. the um regalia Mm -hmm. the headdresses all of that um i grew up in a household with that those images were everywhere yeah because my mother's always been a fan Mm -hmm. i also think of it because i think of art museums so i grew up going to art museums and i remember asking my mom why egypt was with the European ah. uh, Art. artifacts right, right, right. of the museum. It didn't, I mean, it, you know, a history museum or an art museum. Mm-hmm. Egypt was always kind of among the European stuff. It was, yeah. Not with the African stuff. And I remember yeah. being little and asking her, well, wait a minute, isn't Egypt in Africa? Right. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Yes. <laughs> Egypt is definitely in Africa. Right. And I was like, well, why are they, why is it not part of the African section of the museum? Right, right. You know, why would it be with the European section? Mm-hmm. And so uh, the the nice answer <laughs> right. is that when you talk about where, um, like, 
democracy and mm -hmm. uh, education and learning comes from, we tend to think of the Mediterranean. Gotcha. So you've got um, the southern shore of the Mediterranean, which would include Egypt. Mm -hmm. You also have the northern shore, which would be like Greece and Rome. Rome. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and points thereof. And... You know, and she's like, hey, that's kind of the nice answer. The not sure. so nice answer <laughs> is that um, people preferred thinking of Africa as a scary place full of um, people attacking right. for no, you know, lots of savagery and... Yeah. Um, unsophistication right. and I mean granted I'm it's a child like of the everything untrue right yes. and I'm yeah. a child of the 70s and 80s so yeah. you know back then you didn't have political correctness Mm -hmm. um, not, I mean, I'm talking about the good stuff where, right, right, where right. they actually told what actually happened in history, yeah. not what they want you to know, right. <laughs> not Sanitize the propaganda. Yes. yes. Propaganda is better than sanitized yes. protection. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, so when I think of Africa, I, because of those questions and that kind of confusion, because people weren't really telling the story the way it was supposed to be told. Mm -hmm. Um, I always made a point to in always include North Africa, yeah. When I think of Africa, yeah, there you go. Not just, you know, sub-Saharan yeah. Africa. It's all mm -hmm. anything on that continent is right. Africa and counts. Yeah, exactly. I dig it. That's awesome. Excellent Bonnie, do you answer. have a lot, a lot deeper than mine? <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I hear the word uh, Africa lately, it's that it's not a country. <laughs> right. It's like, it is a continent correct. made up of many countries and many, many cultures. Yeah. Yes. And I want to smack people when they say go back to Africa. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's totally fair. Um, my first thought was the Toto song, uh, Bless the Rains Down in Africa. But then I'm like, no, no. Now, my second thought was Lion King, but I yes. guess I love Lion King, but I know it's not like the really the first thing that I think of, but it's really strong because the music's really good. Totally. And so I totally love that. Um, but really, it is it's uh, it's the natural uh, documentaries about animals that are always in it because I have this affinity, especially for elephants. Um Weirdly, when I was pregnant with my first daughter with Cammie, I had dreams about elephants. Hmm. And it was huh. just really bizarre. So it was always like a mama elephant and a baby elephant. And they were just, and so elephants became like her totem animal. Mm. Um, and so because she was so little and we went to the library all the time, like, let's learn about elephants. So we were always like getting information about Africa and about the elephants in the Serengeti. And it was fascinating. So that is kind of like really what my. I guess visual imagery sort of thing is is uh, more the elephants and the animals that are with So them. I've got a question for you. Yes, yes, yes. I have heard that elephants are a matrilineal society. And they have mm. a very long uh, memory as well. Like they remember. There was, uh, a, in a documentary that I saw, uh, they came across bones of an uh -huh. elephant that had passed on and had decomposed and only like the skull and bones and remained. And it's this elephant just touching it as if this elephant knows exactly who it was. And it's just, and it's like, there's a cry and she gets, and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> they're, I just, I think they're really like 
spiritually very deep and very interesting animals. And uh, yeah, the ladies rule the land. The lands, oh, yes. the big oh, ladies. Yes. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I've always thought that elephants were really fantastic creatures. Yeah. Um, one because they're matrilineal, mm-hmm. and um, they are the only animal that will sacrifice themselves, yes. like will commit suicide to save the others if they have to. Um, yep. Especially if there's a baby. Yes. Yep. Yes. And um, bison. Gotcha. Um, do they do the same thing? Are also matrilineal. Ah. And um, there is a bison preserve up uh, uh, not too far from Angola, Indiana. Oh. Um, Interesting connection. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Interesting>. Um, <laughs> a guy who is a dentist created this bison preserve, bought oh. all this land. Neat. And um, you can go out in the back of a pickup truck. Yes, you know, can. and they'll drive you out there. It's and still Indiana. <laughs> right. But it's like a safari. Okay. Okay. You know, I gotcha. it's got a, you know. It's Kilimanjaro so safari yes. rides, but Indiana style. Totally. I got it. Okay. But with and, corn. Yes, <laughs> but with corn. And um, they'll said, tell you. I thought you said porn. Right. <laughs> I did too. It is Indiana. And so, um, but yes, they, they, have a, they have what they call a grandmother's shrine. Oh. Gotcha. of a female skull of a bison oh. and they'll do the same thing where it's almost like they will pay homage right. to this um patriarch or matriarch, yeah, matriarch. Or yes. matriarch of the family yeah yes and i kind of wonder if if oh. that idea is rich in elephants See? when did we lose this I know, right. Katie, what is yours? I mean, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, do it. (laughs) You guys are way deeper than I am. (laughs) But I always think about um, the movie with the hair shampooing, African Queen... Okay. Isn't it? I'm going to watch oh, that man with, right out of um, my Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Yes. Oh, the African yeah. Queen. The, the African Queen, yeah. Yes. And he washes her hair for her. That's right. I don't know. That's I'm, a great movie. Such a good movie. I have a book. I think is of Africa is yeah. very romantic. Yes. Just well, there's Out romantic. of Africa came yeah. out in the 80s. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the movie did, and the book was out earlier. We have a so. book in the library of Catherine Hepburn um, filming Out of Africa, and it's something like how I almost lost my mind and was killed <laughs> while making out <laughs> oh my while making the African Queen. And I'm like, interesting. <laughs> have to that is that. funny. It's real. It's actually pretty short, but it's written by Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> Very. Cool. They had some adventures. Let me tell you. <laughs> That is a great movie. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had to ask this question um, because the amazing woman I'm going to talk about is more well known because of her TED Talks than her actual, um, the literature she's produced. Gotcha. And one of her TED Talks was about the danger of a single story. Ah, yes. Very Um, nice. And it was about basically stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Like when we don't investigate for ourselves and learn more about a country or a region and their people and we accept just this version we've been fed either in actual novels or media mm-hmm. um or s- elementary school right. elementary school right. absolutely <laughs> um then we're not truly learning and we're definitely not respecting and honoring those people yeah very much we're just so. accepting the easy answer like the mm-hmm. african queen and hair shampooing <laughs> there you <laughs> go <laughs> Case in point. I like it. Right. So my amazing woman yes. is Chimanda Ngozi Adichie. Look at you. I yes. practiced a lot. I like it. <laughs> Sweet. I had Josh coaching me. No, no, no. Did he have like a ruler? Right. <laughs> Listen to it again. 
pronounce harder. (laughs) (laughs) So this amazing woman is a little more current than the two women we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, She was born in the 70s in Nigeria. Um, Both of her parents worked at the local university in the city they lived in. Um, so she, I haven't heard her personally talk about it, but just their careers make me think that probably education and literature and books were important in their house. Right. She says in one of her talks that her mom bragged that she was reading since she was two years old Aww. and that she thinks it was probably more like four. Uh, right, right. <laughs> exactly. You know, sometimes the legend. Yes. <laughs> but she's always been curious and smart and i feel like driven yeah um i think that comes through in the story she tells during her ted talks um and i have not read her novels yet confession time (laughs) i said 2020 is the the focus on the book but i have read um her we should all be feminist from her ted talk inspired Mm -hmm. by it and one of her more recent releases is also um a little bit of a smaller thinner book but it's a letter she wrote to a friend, and the friend had asked, you know, how do I raise my daughter to be a feminist? Mm-hmm. So this is her response to that, and both were really incredible. Yeah. So I got to uh, listen again to both of her TED Talks, so which I highly recommend to everybody. I'll put them in the show notes. Yes! yes exactly, because they both are phenomenal. They are phenomenal. <laughs> um, and she just has such an interesting and unique point of view i think and and she's cares and she's driven to know the story from all sides Mm -hmm. um she grew up um in nigeria Mm -hmm. i'll say that again (laughs) she's from africa exactly (laughs) (laughs) um she traveled to the united states to attend college Mm -hmm. um she received her undergraduate graduated at the top of her class um from a school on the east coast and then she has two master's degrees as well from oh, wow. universities in the United States. So she has a master's degree in creative writing and one in African studies. Oh, very cool. Nice. So, and I think for her, I would assume that that second master's degree in African studies was really important um, to just see the full story of her roots in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about when she was little, what she would read would be books from um, England and the United States. And then she, when she started writing her own books, all of her characters were blonde and had blue eyes. Um, and they were the all these. Was there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she just thought that all stories were about foreigners. Um, right. That's all she had ever read then. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think that it's been important to her to explore that story. And I know that she also talks about her impressions of America and what the experience was like coming here um, and realizing what her skin color meant in America and mm-hmm. how it would it made her stand out from people. She had never experienced that in her life. So her novel, America, Americana, is about that. Mm-hmm. Ah, gotcha. Interesting. So I definitely yeah. were going to read all of her novels, but I'm very curious about hearing about that experience, too. Right. Yeah, so absolutely. She's won numerous awards, <laughs> and she has like a million honorary degrees sweet i know i even found a few clips of her on like late night tv i forget who was interviewing her but it was so good so cute um i've seen one with trevor noah interviewing her yes Mm -hmm. i've seen that one i think that's the one i i saw 
as well. Um, I think one really cool thing about her too is what inspired her to become a writer was another woman. Oh, and I think that really ties nice. into what we talk about at Gals yes. Guide. We talk about if you see it, you can be it. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. See another woman. It matters. Yes. Yeah. yeah, representation absolutely. matters. Absolutely. So she was inspired by Chinua. Archibi? Archibi. 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 Hey, there we go. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Thank you. So um, she read uh, Many Things by Professor Chinua Archibi. <laughs> Archibi. Archibi. <laughs> no, I, I'm terrible, guys. It's okay. You are trying. That's the <laughs> important thing. This is thing. a true weakness of mine. Um, so even she took part of her... Um, very first novel she wrote which is the purple purple hibiscus i want to say oh, orchard gotcha or, mm-hmm. orchid oh okay gotcha oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. the words guys the words, words i'm glad you guys sometimes. are used to me after all <laughs> these podcasts just bear along so in purple hibiscus she actually took a chunk from um her the professor's work and included it at the very beginning oh, so okay. that's how influential and powerful it was on her that it, wow. it inspired her first novel nice so she also has half of a yellow sun which came out in 2006 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um she has a short short story collection so even if you can't devote the time to like a big novel i highly mm-hmm. recommend checking out um the Feminist Manifesto and 15 Suggestions, mm-hmm. um, and also her her work on We Should All Be Feminist. Yeah. And then I haven't read the short stories, but I totally want to. It's not at our library. Yeah, not yet. But no. Not yet. No. <laughs> well, not at, not at our library. Right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. I also meant like the Noblesville Library. Right, Sorry, exactly. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Hopefully it is at a library. I'm, I'm going to get it from our library. Yeah, Dang it. Right? And then there we will go. have it and we'll be like, we're the only library in Hamilton County that has this there book. Exactly. Yes. Because I'm sure it's brilliant. I was very surprised mm-hmm. at how tiny that we should all be feminist. It's yeah. Like, it's pocket size. in your pocket. Exactly. Yeah, I was it's perfect when you're going out to the march. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put it in your purse and be like, no, no, no. We should all be feminist. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it was really funny um, listening to her TED Talks and the one about being a feminist she says she she could never really read the classic feminist literature mm. because she just found it boring right mm. yeah exactly I'm, i loved it i'm kind of right there with her actually it's like no i need it to boring. exist it sets a precedent it's you know important but at the same time uh, just uh, it's not calling well, to me <laughs> some of it is you can like a topic and it not always be written well about right exactly yeah or resonate <laughs> like right. that's not my problem yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. So I I do love her take though um, on feminism and the how how we can shape the future mm-hmm. to make it better. Um, and she definitely talks in her letter to her friend about how important it's going to be how we raise our sons and our daughters, mm-hmm. and that gender is such a constraint. Yeah, it constrains us from being who we really are. Because we have these assigned thoughts or these assigned roles. Even and discovering who we really are. Right. Yeah. Just the even it the... It wouldn't even occur to you because... Right. This is, this is what you should do. So um, I love her talking about that, how we just need to raise people to be their own individual, truest, genuine self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Regardless. 
So she's very, very inspiring to watch. And I definitely recommend, (laughs) well, listen or watch. It's a TED Talk. Exactly. And read up on her stuff. Because she's still, she's with us. She's building a legacy. She's still writing books. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely, she is. Um, and you just get so many nice little bits of her in, in both TED Talks. Um, mm-hmm. She talks about how they say authors have to have a terrible childhood to be mm-hmm. good authors. And they she's say like, this, yeah. Right. She goes, <laughs> I wish I could say that was true, but I had a very happy childhood. Good. Yes. But I want that on people. <laughs> but she also talks about how her family struggled um, because of the political climate of Nigeria gotcha. and how education wasn't valued. So sometimes her professor dad and um, her mom wouldn't be being paid. Right. And it was happening more frequently and more frequently and mm. things were becoming less available on the dinner table and shrinking <coughs> down. Mm. Yeah. Um, and she lost both her paternal and maternal grandparents gotcha. during that revolution. Mm. Uh, no. So she definitely has um, had a lot of those experiences that are impactful and really make you think things over. Um, she says that the first time she was ever called a feminist was when she was 14 years old. Oh. And it was by a friend of hers, a childhood friend, that she always liked to argue with. And she didn't fully understand <laughs> what <laughs> he <laughs> meant by feminist when he said it. But, of course, she couldn't admit that she didn't know. Right. Mm-hmm. So she just had to run home and look at the definition <laughs> to figure it out. She and didn't she's Google like, it? Wait, it wasn't there. <laughs> right? It wasn't there then. <laughs> a little bit before the time. A little bit before the Googles. <laughs> so, and then, and then once... Once she <coughs> defined it, she embraced it. Yeah. Um, but she's well aware of the stereotypes that exist with feminism um, that were they're angry women. Right. Angry women. So That's the stereotype, I love yeah. in her TED talk, she talks about how she started calling herself a happy feminist. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh and then she had friends that told her that being feminist is not African. That it's her influence oh. from going to the United That's States. Oh, no. So no. she started calling herself the happy African feminist. Right, she's just got to keep adding to it. <laughs> right, absolutely. Like and she talks a lot in her um, her letter about personal experiences within her own culture where you can see the inequality really glaringly. Right. And it seems like if you read it as from the uh, American perspective that it would be unrelatable because it is... I would say from her talking about her culture, it seems definitely more male centric than we're even at. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's so not, she yeah. talks about tipping somebody and instead of thanking her, even though she directly handed them the money, right. they turned and thanked her male companion that was with her. Right. Mm. Even though it came from her. Um, and and I it was recent- obvious that it came right. from her. But and and I, I recently <laughs> read an article about a woman who was upset because she was getting a mortgage with her um, boyfriend, but she was the one that saved up the down payment. It was mm-hmm. really going through her. And after it was all done, they sent a thank you letter to her fiance. And they didn't oh, send wow. a thank you letter to her? No, they didn't acknowledge her. So, right. so even though it made... So then that place burned out? No, I'm sorry. Right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> So I definitely could place myself within what sh- what her experience is of inequality within her own culture. Yeah. So, and I love her solution to do better. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We got to think differently about it. Um, we have to acknowledge everybody's story and individual unique mm-hmm. personalities. So, yeah. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. So I truly enjoyed learning about her and looking into her works. Yeah. Was she 
on Beyonce's Lemonade oh, album. Yes. Okay, How could right. I forget to say that? I actually wasn't 100% positive no, she that was. she was. Okay, she was. Yeah, okay. they sampled um, part of her TED Talk on feminism gotcha. on Beyonce's Lemonade. Cool. There we yes. go. See? Yep. Sweet. So okay. Right. I wasn't 100% sure because I know there's, um, there's a bit of... Uh, Jay-Z's grandmother about life gave me lemons and I turned him into lemonade. And I know that's on the album, but I'm like, I know yeah. that that is not Chimando. <laughs> that is the grandma. <laughs> but then I was trying to remember the other sampling that was on the album and that was just for some reason that one just kept repeating in my head going, but there's another. <laughs> that happens here. I have a coworker who for years, she's been the one paying the bills because her husband just he cannot balance a checkbook. Like he just he right. Has if no, he doesn't have the skills, yeah. he doesn't he have the skill. He didn't yeah. uh, have a bank account until like two years ago. It right. was all and her. But wow. like with the mortgage and stuff, like through the years, because his name was on it, somehow his credit improved by, oh. it, but not hers. Even though everything's all shared, right? But he had a higher credit score, and she's like, they're all the same. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Shouldn't wow. it be the same? Yeah, oh. So she's just still very, very upset about it. <laughs> I do all the work and he's benefiting. He's got a better oh credit gosh. score. <laughs> oh, wow. No, it's those little, I mean, that one's pretty big, but it's the little things too. Like I was uh, giving my fiance a hard time because we got a, like a thank you shout out on Facebook from his sister-in-law mm-hmm. um, for the baby gift. And it was me that like shopped for it, yeah. ordered right. it from Amazon, sent it to their house. And I was like, I think she messed up Josh because it was just Aunt Katie getting this gift. Right, exactly. I was like, I think His next Christmas not I'm not going to put your name on the card. <laughs> no, I told him, I was like, I didn't mm-hmm. put your name on that card. Exactly. Oh, See? I don't know what I think Uncle See? Then you Josh need gave Put it at the bottom, remember, this is not from no, Uncle Josh. Not- <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Until it is, I mean, clear. it sounds petty. I know, I but it's one of those things where you want to give credit where like, credits do. Yeah, and I feel like it's not recognized by men either because you do get she, even um, Chamanda talks about a very educated friend of hers that's like, I don't get it. I don't see where this inequality is at. I agree with you. People should be equal, but I feel right. like they are. We've come so far, mm-hmm. and I'm like, but when you don't recognize that. It's extra work and effort to take care of this thing. I think the issue is really the fact, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that, as a general rule, men don't notice it. And I think that's that's the problem. (laughs) It's the fact that it's it's something that is pervasive in our society, Mm -hmm. and in a lot of ways globally, because it's not Mm -hmm. just the United States. Oh, yeah. It's something that all women at some point are faced with, Mm-hmm. And it's something that men are so used to yeah. getting being given credit for something that they didn't do that male culture says, oh, just to say thank you, just, you know, <laughs> awesome. wave it off and keep going right. as opposed to teaching boys and young men to grow up and say, oh, okay, well, that was actually her. Right, to give credit where credit is due. Right, because if I did something and you got the credit for it, you would probably say, oh, you know what? It was actually all her. Exactly, Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's kind of part of the problem. Speaking of, you know, uh, TED Talks and whatever, because I love me some TED Talks. I've been posting a lot of (laughs) TED Talks on my Facebook page. Um, I came across one that was absolutely brilliant, and it's something I've been thinking for a while, and I don't totally understand 
I mean, I kind of do, but I don't really understand why we in America haven't recognized it yet. <laughs> but it's this man, um, I would say about a middle-aged guy, mm-hmm. um, white man, straight, cisgender, mm-hmm. and he's talking about the fact that it never dawned on him until he was in a particular situation that in America there is white male culture. Right. And it's and as somebody that used to teach uh, an intro to multicultural studies class right, yeah. for university, I the the same day we talk about women's culture, mm-hmm. I also talk about men's culture. Yes, thank you. Yes. But the textbook never mentions men. Right. Because it's the default is male, right, Bonnie? Right. That's what Bonnie Gender always studies. says. It is it is the men. Right. Just right. like the default is always white. It's right. never anybody of color. Yeah. So but what he was saying is these are all the things I figured out mm-hmm. once it dawned on me mm. that there is yeah. a white male culture. Yeah, put it and together. And within that, he was talking specifically about white male cisgender heterosexual. Right. Mm-hmm. His wheelhouse, in other words. Yes. <laughs> what and he knew. <laughs> it was it was incredibly insightful. Yeah. Just listening to him once he came to the realization and the things that dawned on him that he realized that he opened his eyes to. Yeah. He got woke. Yes. Yeah. um, Simply because he recognized that white, my white male is a culture. Right. And that's something I have thought for a long time. But when we think about multiculturalism, we tend to leave out the dominant groups. Yeah. And we need to recognize the dominant groups. Yeah. As cultural groups, because it if is you don't a compare and contrast to a certain extent, one yes. does not exist without the other. It's exactly all together. Exactly, you can't society. have women's culture unless there's a men's culture. Right, mm-hmm. you can't have cultures of color without white culture. Right, exactly. You know, um, you can't have LGBTQ cultures. Right, without straight cis. I keep hitting the microphone. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, without straight straight cis and yeah. cis culture yeah because you because i i have i always think in terms of every dominant culture has a corresponding mm-hmm. yes marginalized culture and, the and they have a set of them is that you balance each other out not exactly. always sometimes you're at opposing exactly but even that opposing hopefully eventually balances out exactly That's, i mean and yeah right and so what i took away from that is the way our society is freaking out right now mm-hmm. and you have all these hate groups and right. um, so-and-so will not replace us right? <laughs> chanting. Yeah. You know, I think, well, wait a minute. What if we go ahead and acknowledge that white is a culture and a race? What right. if we go ahead and acknowledge that may, m- that there is a men's culture? Right. Exactly. That, you know what I mean? Because and to understand it. And right. Yeah, exactly. As, as a legit yeah. thing yep women are just as legit as men right you know white people are just as legit as communities of color yeah and and i think until we can reach a point right where we can recognize well, that so we can get there yes, you know people get there. will still think that there is a white genocide going on and that everybody wants to kill off all the white people and that's uh, not right true. correct correct not true <laughs> we just want to get rid of all the assholes that would be yeah. great <laughs> Because there kind of is an asshole culture, isn't there? Really? (laughs) Subculture within it doesn't doesn't get it. But I didn't mean to digress quite (laughs) that far. I think, but it's still on the same feminism, equality. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Actually, it had me thinking also a little more about um, 
Chimanda, what she says about feminism, and she also recognizes um, the male experience, the male gender, and yes. what the stereotype expectation is in that. Because yes. it doesn't um, help them either. No, no it doesn't. Right. She talks right. about, I, I think the name given to it um, here in the United States we're talking about is, what is it? <laughs> like men aren't allowed to have feelings. Right, right. But what's the name gotcha. for that? There's like oh, a buzzword for it these mm, days. There is. And I cannot remember it all of a sudden. Exactly. Um, but she was talking Google. about the <laughs> the masculine culture and being manly. And in mm-hmm. Nigeria, they call it being a hard man. Are you talking uh, about like toxic masculinity? Toxic masculinity, oh, I am. Is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So she's definitely adjusting toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, and the idea of associating men with money. Right. And yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that shouldn't be your shouldn't be your identifying. Money. Yeah, it's like women having yes. children. That shouldn't be the thing you are identified exactly of or and have value in, right. right? As a person, it, and it should not be your end all be all. So exactly. Just yeah. like women are more than just wives and mothers, right? And baby exactly. makers and men, men are, are just more than, than just breadwinners. Breadwinners. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I get so mad filling out my forms <laughs> for my health insurance On and the my married? taxes. They're yeah. like, "Are you married?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> like, do you have kids? I'm like. This is none of your business. <laughs> exactly. Stop it. <laughs> Senses. So mad at the forms. I know. But no, there's yeah. it's a lot of women who, you know, don't want to identify as feminists, which right. you know, exactly. You want, but like, there's even a lot of women that don't see that there's an issue. They're like, we're equal now, and it's like, honey. We, right. we only had the right to vote. That's right. it. Exactly. The Equal Rights Amendment did not pass. Right. Like, exactly. In fact, didn't they just no. pass it in Virginia? Virginia. I think that's the last. Like a like state. earlier still this has, month. Doesn't it still have to go through something? Maybe. I think it's yeah. going through one more hoop. I think it's Congress or Senate or something. Congress will have to decide if they want to get rid of that deadline or not. Right. Just, yeah. I don't even know if any of the other ones had deadlines. Like, come on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, so, yay, we got the last state to yeah. pass it. Woohoo. One step at a time. And then maybe. But then I oh. heard some other state or a group of states were suing to revoke it because they said that some other states, they had passed it, but they want to revoke it, but they haven't done it. And I'm like, all right. Well, if you haven't done mm. the paperwork yet, correct. Then, right. Then going through. You've had time. You only have yourselves to blame. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. To go down to that personal level again, um, I thought this was funny because this is kind of what Chimanda's readings did to me. It made me look at things at my house because she talks about a little story of her friend um, and her friend's husband. They're very much equals and partners, Mm -hmm. um, but they had a child together. And she was over once, and the husband changed the baby's diaper, and the mom thanked the husband. Right. And she's like, okay, Does anybody it's, think it's the- nice. <laughs> right. It's nice to thank people. It is. Yes. And it made me really look at myself and how anytime my fiance, Josh, does housework, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Right. And I like to think of it as like positive reinforcement. Like, it'd be really Correct. cool if more of this was going Let's on. Let's this going on. This. <laughs> I know, but... And then I told You're him straight up, I'm like, it. I'm not going to thank you for this yes. anymore. Yes. Because, I mean, he does appreciate me. And there are some thank yous, but it's much more overlooked and expected from me right. yes. and from him. And he even, even we've kind of taken it to a joking level now. And he's been trying to trip me up and getting me to thank him for things. <laughs> <laughs> but even before we had, like, talked about this and I'd shared this with him, um, he would, like, really need to list off all the things he had done right. and bring them to me and show me. Yeah. 
I think for the thanks. Right. Exactly. You know for what? the acknowledgement of I, I did had a thing. moment. Yeah. So my husband is older than I am. He was born mm-hmm. in 1959, mm-hmm. and which makes him 60. <laughs> Why well, do I feel like I'm you're calling 60. him out right now? I know. Um, <laughs> and uh, love you. Anyway, um, <laughs> he did. He started doing the same thing. He would he would do the dishes and then he would say, "See, I did the dishes." I'd be right. like, "Great, awesome." Yeah. You know, we'll do a lot of trading off of of some. You know, yeah. I'll walk the dog if he does the dishes. It's a or, partnership. It's yes. teamwork. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, uh, he got to the point where he would be like, "Hey, I did the dishes. Aren't you gonna thank me?" Right. And I said, "I'm too busy doing." No, I'm no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, what okay. I said was. <laughs> You don't thank me when I do the dishes. Right, exactly. So, so if, equality. <laughs> if you want to be thanked, mm-hmm. you need to also thank me when I do something. Right, exactly. And he actually stopped and thought about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I said, you know, if there if there's chores to be done before we go to bed, yeah. you know, we'll divide them up. Yeah, divide mm-hmm. and you know, conquer. Get it done. Yeah. Um, he has uh, type 2 diabetes. Gotcha. And Same. so <laughs> he's got a lot of food restrictions and all this yep. kind of, and he's kind of is really low carb and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, so I said, look, the best way you can handle this is you prepare, you be the menu planner. Right. You control the food because it yes. affects your health. So you do the shopping, yes. you do the cooking. Yeah. I'll do these things. Yeah. You know, because whatever is healthy for you to eat it's going to be healthy for me to eat exactly so i'm not really sweating it yeah exactly (laughs) you know and if we have to make if it's a little too extreme for our 11 year old yes we'll have something else you'll figure it out as it comes up yeah you know sometimes we make him eat what we eat and sometimes you know he's allowed to have something of his own choosing Mm -hmm. because the meal is just a little too restrictive right exactly yeah yeah but um uh you know, same deal. Yeah. And so he kind of, you know, he he figured out, and and I don't mind thanking him. Yeah. Because right. if he does something, means right. I don't have to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Thank you. But for, vice on behalf versa. Of the house. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. that's how we kind of conquered that whole idea. Yeah. And and um, you know, there's certain chores that I do all the time. There's certain chores chores that he does all the time. Yeah. And then there's some that we will. Just mm-hmm. whenever, whoever gets to it yeah. first sort of thing yeah. to yeah. get it done. There's a lot of, if if you help Sean get ready for bed, I'll clean the kitchen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Be like, please do the job that you know. I really yeah. tonight don't want to do. It's been a thing where someone was talking about it and I was just like, oh my God, that is a thing where like. If you're taking, you know, kids to soccer practice, yeah, you know, it's just expected that mom is going to take off work and take them and, you know, get right. them geared up, get them go. But when dad does it, it's, oh my God, he's such a great father. <laughs> he's so plugged he's into his amazing. children's lives. Yes. Yeah, exactly. They get praised for doing like, yeah. for doing things they should be doing. Correct. Well, and I, I think <laughs> there's actually a level where it is harmful though, because, you know, kids are always watching yeah. so my son's watching this between me and josh um we were having a discussion and my son pointed out that josh helps out a lot helps right yeah i know mm-hmm. that word right and i was like <laughs> i was like cool. well yeah because he lives here and half of it is his responsibility as well right but then i'm thinking i'm saying this to him but it might not be what he's actually seeing happen right exactly at our house yeah so, what's yeah. the dynamic I mean, at play yeah, yeah. it's 
it's really important to have that figured out and to model that for for future men yeah Mm -hmm. exactly in my house we've just we've kind of come to the realization through trial and error (laughs) that i am good with the emotional labor of the house (laughs) 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 because i have emotions and i know how to identify them and help out uh but he is very good with the physical labor of the house yes and so because we know each other's shortcomings and strengths and we are don't have to be everything to all people mm-hmm. we decided that that is kind of where we like divide it up but there are days where i feel like it's totally unfair on his part and on my part no. so it's kind of like oh yeah. he does a lot of dishes and laundry so it's like i should be really really grateful for that but then also there's a lot of crying and tears and school fights and i don't think i can pass this test that i'm going through of, yeah. you got this you're gonna nail this yeah. you know build that confidence back up yeah. into that little shell of a person that you are and go out and fight another day so we kind of yeah. do it that way on un- <laughs> just until it works <laughs> i also another thing about my husband and i um we you know we kind of uh decided early on that would whatever thing mm-hmm. played to who's ever string yes let that, that person the lead person it that would yes it's the best way to do anything absolutely yeah. and so that way you're you're playing on each other's strength yeah you want to be the best person of yourself exactly yeah. Yeah. so we have a son who's 11 so since i'm african-american my husband is a european-american mm-hmm. my son is biracial or our yeah. son is biracial yeah biracial and so there are going to be things that impact our son that impacts him because he's a boy. Right. And those are things that yeah. my husband can mm-hmm. can speak handle to and because can he's support. the other guy. Exactly. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Whereas things that have a, a race related bent to it, something that has to do with the fact that he's biracial. Yeah. Uh, or something that has to do with his African American half. Right. Um, then those are things that, that I would speak be your to. real house. Yes, exactly. You know, yeah. so that's another area in which we can play off yeah. each other's strengths. But I'll bet you're both in the room participating with support. Yeah. So even if one is more knowledgeable than other in that field, it's still like a team sport. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so we kind of look at just about everything that has to do with our combined lives, yeah. almost like it's a wrestling match where you tag the other person in. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, okay, yeah. I'm tagging you in because, Right. We don't literally do that, obviously. Either but I'm I mean, exhausted, or you yes. got this, or you're more knowledgeable, yes. or, or yeah, what was know, that thing again? Right. Yeah. If 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 the sun is freaking out and I'm at my wits end, yeah. and we're not handling the pro- yes, then the other one comes in as the voice of reason because yeah. they're the calmer one, exactly. You know, and things like that. Yeah. So, um, I love uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> we, we do a lot of tag teaming. <laughs> I think that is a brilliant spot to wrap it up if you want to wrap it up for us. Absolutely. Well, that wraps it up for us this week. Join us next week as our next gal pal shares her one cool African gal as Gal's Guide to the Galaxy podcast continues. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gal's Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.